pretty interesting um, post from Red Light. They're doing this resist the industrial brewing complex night. All right, and what's that? Um, apparently, if you bring in a quote unquote non independent beer, they will give you a copper tail independent. I think it's a pills. Yeah, independent pills. <clears throat> and they're wait, wait, like so all night. you br- you bring in you bring in a non independent beer. Yeah, is it so? Like, if you bring in a bud. I'm assuming, and they'll they'll just give you that in exchange. Uh, Coppertail Pilsner seems that way. I'd like to taste a Pilsner from uh, uh, from a microbrewery. Yeah, like you know, a place that's gonna be like you know, we we wanna we want this to taste really good, you know? Yeah, because you you think of Pilsner, and I know this is unfortunate because I'm sure there are people that put their blood, sweat, and tears in the Pilsners, but the Pilsners that we think of are crappy american pilsners right those so, are the the basically the utility pilsners right <laughs> you just like hey i'm at a party or i'm you know cookout bear pong cookout yeah very um, appropriate but you don't ever think about you know copper tail or uh uh you know dogfish head or even really like the traditional german beers you know like the traditional german brewers yeah really old ones you, you know you, you just don't think of getting those instead of uh American Pilsner, right? When you're out at Publix or whatever. So I mean, they might have them, or they definitely have them, and these microbreweries are definitely making them. But we've never—that's what we need to do next week. Hmm. We need to we need to grab a craft Pilsner, okay, and see see what that life is like. I yeah, I did look for this one, but they didn't have it at Publix, so we probably have to go to more of a, a actual, you know, craft brew aisle in a uh, local establishment. Yeah. So I mean, what's that? What's that even about? Is it just a promo thing for them, or is there... Well, let me read it for you, if I could. Please. <clears throat> All month long, we will be serving Coppertail Brewing Independent Pills for $4. On July 3rd... They screwed that up. On July 3rd, uh, at 5 p.m., we will be hosting an industrial beer amnesty night. So bring in your non-independent beer and get a bottle of independent pills. We at Red Light Red Light recently drew a line in the sand. We are a craft beer bar, so we will only serve craft beer as defined by the BA, which is Beer Advocate, I think. Okay. Um, come enjoy independent craft beer. We also have a pie eating contest that day with <laughs> peas for pie. All right. So, and I've seen a bunch of like pretty big name Florida breweries or uh, other like bars giving them props for saying that. So. Yeah. It's kind of interesting that they would go that far to be like, no. I mean, are they are they drawing a line in the sand because something is coming over the horizon? I don't know. I mean, the biggest thing I can think of is the story we already covered from North Carolina. All the places getting bought up. Right. Yeah. I mean, well, what what would that have to do with? The, well, I guess if somebody like Anheuser Busch buys up a bunch of, you know, craft brews, then. Red light, red light has to take an alternate route to get to those things, or has to pay more money to get to those things, or those those beers are now diluted because they're mass produced. Well, you know, back in the day, uh, I mean that's kind of a loose term, but probably like two years ago or so. <laughs> back in the day. back in the day, um, there was rumors going around that Anheuser Busch was looking to buy up Cigar City. Right. So people were really worried about that. They ended up not doing that. That's troublesome. And they ended up going with uh, Oscar Blues for 
their um I, I think distribution um but yeah i don't know i haven't heard of anything locally that seems on the horizon yeah to be dangerous for our local breweries i don't know i mean they're drawing their line in the sand for some reason but that's the thing they've always been that way now that i think about it they've never had like you you can never get like a pbr Right. Over there. That's so. true. So it's not as if, you know, they're doing anything differently. I mean, they are a, a beer bar with integrity. They, yeah. You know, they have, uh, they they stand by those things. But yeah, it's not as if, like you said, mm-hmm. you, you can't even, you can't get those things from themselves. So right. Not, you know. They're just announcing it, basically, yeah. that you can't. Anyway, interesting concept. Yeah. Uh, well, we're not drinking a pills. And we're no. not drinking Copperhead. We're not drinking any of those things. Co- but we copper, are copper drinking tail. Copper, tail. copper Tail. Sorry, not Copperhead. <laughs> copper Tail. <laughs> it's not a fucking snake. What we are drinking is from the Swamphead Brewery. It is the Big Nose Indian India Pale Ale. Um, this one is brewed right here in Florida. It's actually from Gainesville. The ABV on this bad boy is seven point three. A little low for an Indian Pale Ale, but. Um, I don't know what 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 drew your eye, my friend. Uh, I don't know. I mean, we've we're, we're definitely big IPA fans in this house. Damn mm. it. Um, and it, I don't know. I've just never had the big nose. I've had other Swamphead Brewing stuff before, but it just seemed out of the bunch that they had at Publix today. Yeah, the, the cream of the crop. Cream of the crop. Yeah. yeah. Well, my name is Marco Dupa for Adam Obesius Rodriguez. What up? And if you couldn't tell already, the absent voice is from our dear friend, Sports with Drunk Guy Dave, dude. Can't even <laughs> correct you anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In your face. Sucker. He's uh he's out. He's doing he's helping his, his sister with a wedding rehearsal. Mm-hmm. Um congratulations, you know, uh uh uh, uh to a sister for the I was just trying to what is that that word when you're late on something? Belated. Belated, thank mm. you. <laughs> belated congratulations. Uh, well, I don't know when they're getting married, the exact date. So well, anyway, congratulations hey. <laughs> to them. You know, Mazel tov, hope everything goes well. So it's just me and the big man tonight, and we're going to have a good time. This is the One Baron Podcast. Oh, yeah. Oh, I squirted on you. <laughs> Lost to be funk in there uh-huh that's good that's good that's good <clears throat> reviews to the end yep as always so <clears throat> uh fuck there was something else oh um biggest announcement in the gaming world uh we're just gonna jump right into that nintendo they had tremendous success when they released the Nintendo Classic, mm-hmm. right? It came out classic. with a, a, a handheld, not really handheld, but it's like it, it, a smaller you, you version of it. Hand. Right, it's very small. Had <clears throat> had ga- the games built into it. Yeah, um, it was tremendously successful. Successful, controversial because of the way that Nintendo handles fucking everything. Yeah, pretty much, it drives me nuts, and it's one of the reasons why, like, as a company itself, like, I, I hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are parlaying that success into what was inevitably to come now the Super Nintendo Classic. 
the 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 ultimate, the bad boy, the man itself, the, the one Super we've been Nintendo. waiting for. That is the one that I wanted for sure. Yeah. When when they first announced the uh, NES Classic, I was like, "That's awesome." I'm <laughs> and <good with> then <laughs> exactly when when and when and how when and where. Uh, so yeah, it's a pretty big fucking deal. Yeah, we missed the boat on the NES. We all talked about getting it, but I I, I was gonna say, I mean, like I feel like everybody missed the boat on the NES except for basically scalpers right who you can still find an NES classic technically on eBay for $300 if you really want Well since to. they only made 17 of them yeah, no, and handed them out so so awful And it and it's like it Nintendo doesn't learn from their mistakes so it's not like I don't have high hopes for the uh, the SNES uh, having you know they're not going to ship thousands and thousands of copies it's it's kind of like um it's kind of like fucking sneakers nowadays, man. Yeah. You know they sh- they 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 press up like what a couple thousand mm-hmm. copies, sell those, and then as soon as it's done, the resale value skyrockets because they're out of print. Right. It, it's it you know. Well, my question here is, what's the end game for Nintendo? No, no pun intended. <laughs> um, because they, you'd think that if they had the. Uh, uh, what's it called? The virtual console still going on uh-huh. with the Switch, which they don't. Then there'd be a reason for them to keep these so limited because you're really getting a deal when you buy the uh, NES Classic or the SNES Classic because they're selling those games still to this day for like three dollars. Right. On the virtual console on the Wii U. Right. Three to five bucks. It, it, it's about five to six bucks, I think, for a SNES game on the Wii U. Yeah. So you think if that was still going on with the uh, the Switch? Then that that would be a legitimate reason for them to hold back on production on those and just make it this very limited niche thing that is you know a, a really cool thing to have right. if you can find it. Right. But because they don't even have those those games available on their newest real console, I'm just wondering why why limit it? Right. In, in this in this case, <laughs> you're just making. First of all, your fans suffer because they can't actually get their hands on it without having to pay an exorbitant price from somebody that's selling it on eBay. Right. Um, and second, you're losing out on tons of profits because I'm sure those things don't cost that much to produce. No, they can't. So, and they're they're selling the SNES Classic for eighty bucks now, right? Yeah. So it's like if you think about it, that could be a huge seller for the, uh, you know, the the Christmas season. Yeah. And you know, if we're being if we're being like completely honest. This is not like an original idea either. No, not I, at all. I saw I saw the Sega Genesis. They have a Sega Genesis classic. Yeah. I saw that shit at Bed Bath and Beyond, bro. Yep. Like it's not like they're not breaking any new ground with this thing. It's mm-hmm. just like it's a really cool thing. But you're right. There's there's literally no reason for them to produce it in the way that they are producing it. Yeah. Other than like I said, that that culture of you got to get it while it's hot. Mm-hmm. And if you miss it, you missed it. And if you want it, you got to spend double, triple, quadruple what it's worth. Yeah. But like you said, they're losing out on profit because Tons. that's re- that's resale. Yeah. That's 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 the streets. That's Amazon. That's eBay. You know, that's not uh, they're not seeing the profit off of that. No, they're so, not. They're not getting anything from the you know quadruple amount that people are right. selling them for now. And if you can go online and 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 if Nintendo sees that people will buy this this classic console for six seven hundred dollars just jack the price up on the original thing maybe a hundred bucks and you and and produce it more you would you would still you would profit yeah because like you said it can't cost that much to produce 
you jack up the price on it just a little bit because you've already proven with the NES that people will buy it right. and they will buy it at these these fucking catastrophic prices <laughs> that is you know that they're not worth yeah so just move the price point up a little bit people will still buy it you make if, money everybody they, gets one that's the thing if they really need to sure but if they're just doing that because they're greedy no like i, I don't want them to do that yeah but no of course not i don't want it but i'm just saying i'm trying to understand the thought process behind not producing enough and they don't always do this they always do this yeah i i've ta- i've complained about the uh the 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 Super Smash Brothers um when they when they when they release Super Smash Bros um if you want to play it like a pro no of course then you'll play it on the GameCube controller mm-hmm. and Nintendo was aware of this and yet they only made like 12 copies of their <laughs> yeah. uh, uh GameCube controller uh, adapter so what they did was they 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 made they made a ton of the controller itself. You could get that anywhere. Right. But you couldn't get the adapter. The sick irony of it. Right. It's just such a fucking tease. And the adapter was only 20 bucks. It's like 10,000 spoons and all he needs a knife. <laughs> it's so stupid. And so that that happened and then, you know, it, it took months. It took months and months and months for them to finally reissue the adapters because not only did they only make up a like a handful of them, once they did that, like that was it. You couldn't get them anywhere else. So you had to go right. to these third party companies and they weren't they were selling like, you know, anytime you go with a third party thing, you always run that risk of this thing isn't gonna work as well as mm-hmm. you know, X, Y, and Z. Which is like Apple stuff. You know? Oh man, I was just I was just thinking that. Yeah. When I bought, I bought, uh, when I first got Bo, he destroyed my the first dog. charger, Bo the dog, yes. Bo Biggins, and he destroyed my first charger and I had to buy another one and I said, you know, I'm not going to, I'm going to spend $80 on a fucking laptop charger, forget that. Yes, you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you are, because I went through two chargers, both of them, they only lasted about a month, mm-hmm. and I plugged them in and after a while they started to overheat to the point of literal smoke. Yeah, coming from the laptop where the charger port is, and so eventually I had to bite the bullet and spend the eighty dollars on the charger, and it's the same thing with Super Nintendo. Like you can get these third party. Like I have a third party uh, controller, mm-hmm. but it's a piece of garbage. Yeah, like it's, they it's it just doesn't. You can hear pieces clanging around in there and like that, that little rattle yeah that, that just you can tell there's like one piece missing or yeah. loose or missing and you're like that that shouldn't be that okay. should be connected to something yeah. And so, you know, that's that's how they get you. They got you by the balls there. Yeah, and I mean, you even see it in their newest console with the Switch. Like, nobody can find those either. So it's a constant thing with Nintendo. It's a constant fight with their fans. And I, I frankly don't get it. Yeah. What And, you know, looking back at the example of the shoes, is, is that just so that people, even though they miss this one, they'll still, like, maybe get, a, I don't know, a less rare shoe? as like a consolation prize is that is that the idea behind it because i'm still trying to figure out how this helps the company no no see so so with shoes for instance so this is the reason that it helps the company like um okay let's let's take adidas for example okay when kanye west moved over to adidas from nike he made a big stink about how Nike doesn't treat his employees well and how you know he didn't have the quote unquote infrastructure 
That's what that's a word he used a lot. Sure. Uh, just give me the infrastructure and blah blah blah. He didn't have the right infrastructure to do what he wanted to do with the clothing line, right? Okay. So he makes this huge fuss. Then he goes over to Adidas and he makes these shoes and he goes on the Breakfast Club and he talks about how you know I just wanted the infrastructure so that everybody could have these shoes. It's not going to be like how it was with Nike. Lo and behold, it is exactly how it was with Nike. He only makes like 200 copies. The only way that you can get, or 200 pairs, and the only way that you can get your hands on them is having somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody who, right. who works where they make these or where they're going to ship these shoes or these giveaways. You got to have a plug to get your hands on these mm-hmm. shoes. The shoes themselves are not that expensive. Like I'm going to say the price point is about 250 to $300, which in today's market, I know that sounds crazy to people, but that's not that expensive yeah. when it comes to high-end basketball shoes or sneakers from you know a name brand like Kanye West or Michael Jordan or right, something I was like say that. comparable to Jordan's right. or something like They're, that. That's not a high price point. So they'll get bought up immediately. Then when they go online and they, they get resold for, I mean, I've seen Yeezys go for close to 20 grand Mm -hmm. the uh the air mags the back to the future shoes those resell for no less than 10 grand Hmm. and so the reason that it's beneficial for the company is the press that's what it is that's all they care about they know because it it, obviously we all know that shoes are very cheaply made it costs you know pennies on the dollar to produce a sneaker and once they've made 200 300 400 pairs of these and they sell adidas doesn't care about that what adidas wants and what adidas gets is the attention mm-hmm. so when you look at adidas stock their stock is rising because everyone's talking about adidas mm-hmm. so they will shit those yeezys out no problem and they don't give a fuck if there's only 10 copies of them because right. everyone's talking about adidas now and that's the same thing with like uh vans mm-hmm. vans is a, a stalwart in the in the shoe community everyone has a pair of vans yeah but now, with the the like the superstars that they or not the superstars, that's Converse. Uh, the 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 skates, the skate highs and the skate lows, like the shoes that they that they've been making for 70, 80 years. Mm-hmm. Now they're quote unquote cool, right? And now Vans can up the price on these things. They can make special edition versions of these shoes. They can reproduce shoes that nobody gave a shit about in the 80s, bring those back. And again, it costs pennies on the dollar to make these shoes. They can make special editions of them, shit out 200 cop, uh, pairs of them. And now everyone's talking about Vans. So mm-hmm. it's all about the attention. That's all the shoe industry. When it yeah. comes to the company, the the shoe industry is just about the attention that the company can get. Mm-hmm. That's why Michael Jordan he gets all this criticism for how he released his shoes and stuff, and um, everyone is 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 like you know you you see what you are doing to the you know black and brown community when it comes to when you how you put these shoes out and you don't do anything about it, you don't say anything about it. He's laughing his way to the bank, man. Yeah. You know, he put he puts these special edition shoes out and now everyone's talking about Jordan. So, like you said, it, you you kind of see it on the back end mm-hmm. where people will go to Foot Locker and say, "Well, I couldn't get these, but I still want some Jordans, so I'll get these." Right. So, he's making money hand over fist in every avenue, mm-hmm. you know? And well, so that's that's, you know, it's uh, yeah, because the only way I could see that working is if it's sort of the bait and switch that they do with like Black Friday deals. Yeah, where it's like come in and get this sixty-inch TV for five hundred bucks. Right, and you go in there, and of course they're all sold out. Maybe right. they had like one, mm-hmm. and it sold the first person that was there. But then they go, but 
we have this 40 inch for 600 right still not that bad a deal right. look at it check this out maybe get some dvds for it <clears throat> yeah and i mean if if you know if there was more if there were more like standalone adidas stores and things like that i could see that making sense but it's mm-hmm. seen as they just put their shoes everywhere right um foot action foot locker right so it doesn't really it doesn't really matter as like as like they know that every single pair of shoes that they produce that is called a Yeezy will get purchased. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe it's that online market though, because you get that direct link to whatever company you're trying to That's get true. to. That's true. Yeah, and Adidas has, you know, like I said, they do the giveaways, so they know, like, they are making a profit off these shoes. Not nearly as much as people think when it comes to just purely the shoe sales, but like I said, it's not about that. Mm-hmm. It's about the attention, it's about the press. Every Like, Adidas now. Now they can do all these high-end things where they have like these fashion shows and all these people, mm-hmm. like all these like designers who you would never think are talking about or caring about Adidas. I mean, Adidas is just like a sports company that makes, you know, running shoes and basketball shoes, right. but then you've got like, you know, these high-end like Louboutin and like Yves mm-hmm. Saint Laurent talking about Adidas and it's like what kind of world what like where are we living when it comes right. to this fashion shit? But that's because, you know, somebody like Kanye West goes in there and, you know, makes people give a shit mm-hmm. for better or for worse. You know, people can turn turn this off because they don't want to hear about shoes and fashion and shit. But the shit is everywhere, man. Yeah, that's that's what that's what people are talking about. And you can call Kanye West a lot of things, but he knows how to get his name in the fucking in, in the news. Mm-hmm. You know, it's clearly valuable. And. Now I want us to take that conversation and bring it over to Nintendo. Does that do you feel like that gels with what we were talking about as far as the limited production on everything? Uh, the fact that there are going to be tons of kids, may, okay, maybe not kids, but maybe <laughs> tons of adult parents who would love to get this thing for their kids, the SNES yeah. Classic, to be like, "Son, this is what I grew up with. Yeah, enjoy." Honestly, no, I don't think that it's the same thing. I think that I think that it seems like to me Nintendo just seems to maybe get it. right i just maybe they don't understand how popular these things are or how popular they're going to be and they don't have mm-hmm. the foresight because when these things happen and then there's this huge demand and there's huge controversy they nintendo like um <clears throat> when when the, when this kind of thing happens with adidas or reebok or nike or any kind of clothing line or something like that in mm-hmm. in the same instance right the president of Adidas never comes out and says like, my bad, we should have produced more. That's mm-hmm. our fault. We will work harder next time. Mm-hmm. That's not the point. And that's why you'll never hear that. That's why Kanye West, he's a fucking hypocrite. He went on a radio station and said that he would, he's going to make enough copies for everybody or enough pairs for everybody. And he didn't. Right. And he, and he understands that he, he, I mean, he knows how much that he's producing, and he knows that everybody's not going to be able to get their hands on his shoes. He does, he did it on purpose. So, but so he's not going to come out and apologize for that. Mm-hmm. Nintendo's different. Nintendo does come out and say like, "We fucked up. We should, we should do better next time, and we will do better next time." Mm-hmm. And so, I don't believe that they're doing this because they understand the the draw or the pull that it's gonna that's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. I just think they don't really, they still don't seem to understand like. I don't know how high in demand some of these things are going to be, which is fucking crazy to me because the company's been going on for so long. Yeah. And they've been, you know, they've sold so well and they've done so well so far. I just don't understand why they wouldn't, why they wouldn't get it. But to me, it just doesn't feel like 
it doesn't feel like a marketing ploy. It okay. feels like a mistake. Okay. Yeah. That's fair enough. I don't know. I because I I feel like generally Japanese companies tend to be a bit more conservative. Yeah. And if you think about where Nintendo was when the Switch came out, not in the best place. Right. The Wii U didn't do well. Right. So it's understandable for me, specifically <laughs> for the Switch in this instance. And you know maybe they didn't think that the NES Classic would be like, would go viral. Basically. Yeah. That's what happened when they first announced it. They're like, what? That's true. Yeah. It's crazy. It did. So maybe they didn't anticipate these things. Now, to their, you know, to their benefit, they 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 said that they are going to increase the amount that they sell. However, there's a big asterisk on this. They're only going to be selling it through this year. Yeah. So we get weird. like what three months to buy it. Yeah. Which sucks. But and see again, why why do something like that? I don't know. And my only thought <laughs> is that they are by New Year gonna be putting out on the Switch the new virtual console. Yeah. Saying, oh, you missed this on the uh NES or SNES classic, you can buy these games individually now. Okay, see now that sounds like smart marketing. Well, you 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 get people's attention with the S SNES. Right. And then and then people who can't get their hands on it, you go, well, I mean, you you just get a switch and it's on the virtual right. console. Now exactly. that's smart. I, and and that's then, the case. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And then they can say like, since the Switch is mobile, it's even better than the SNES Classic. Right. You can bring it to, with you wherever you go. Right. Uh, I like the way you're thinking, Adam. That's yeah. why you're an ad man. Yeah, that's that marketing. Yeah, that degree. marketing there, yeah, right there. I could see it because mm. that makes perfect sense. That that you know, <clears throat> like you said, not not necessarily. Well, yeah. I mean, basically the the whole bait and switch idea is like, I'm sorry you couldn't get that thing, but. We got a better version of it here. Right. So just buy this thing. Yeah. Then they penny and or nickel and dime you. I was right. going to say penny and dime you, but let's <laughs> bring it up a little bit. <laughs> they nickel and dime you for each individual game, which they will sell for, for probably about the same amount that they sold on the Wii U. Right. And that's, you know, and that, that that's one thing that does bother me is especially when, like you said earlier, the, the NES Classic and now the SNES, SNES Classic are going to have these games on there just built in mm-hmm. for pennies on the dollar. Yeah as far as their worth is concerned and then you're gonna make me spend three to five dollars per game right and then I uh, correct me if I'm wrong but didn't wasn't there like a limited time on some of them or something like that or that they were only there was something to the fact that like you didn't necessarily own the game well that was for the they have a special deal with I think the Switch where they let you play a classic game for I think a month at a time. Yeah. And they take it out and swap it out with a new one. Okay. So in that way, like, sure, you it's sort of like the uh, the PlayStation Plus deal or the uh, games with gold for Microsoft. Sort of, but those are your games. Yeah. I mean, you need to have internet access to play them. Right, and you need to stay um, uh, within you need, that. You need to be subscribed. Yeah, you need the, to stay. You need yeah. to keep the subscription up, but. So they're not, I mean, I, so I guess you're like. You're sort of renting yeah, indefinitely. You're, you're holding on to these games yeah. that, yeah. And I, I, I mean, they're free, so I guess, you know, whatever. I, you can't yeah. really can't really argue against that. I mean, there's no way around it. Like, PS Plus, it's a great deal. I don't yeah, care you know, who you are. I haven't actually looked at the last couple months. Well, I'll tell you what. Upcoming in July, uh, Until Dawn is going to be free. Really? Which is a fantastic game. If you're in any way a horror fan. 
I plead with you, please give it a chance. Yeah, Adam had very rave reviews when the when he first got the game. Yeah, we have an entire episode about it. Yeah, yeah, we do. <laughs> um, and then, and you have the um the 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 VR one, the yeah, VR version, Rush of, it, of Blood. So, um, Adam's a big fan. Big I got fan. to play it for about about half an hour to an hour, mm-hmm. and it is very good. Um, well, that reminds me, have you seen reviews for the uh, the Jason game? Uh yeah, I more than reviews. I've actually listened to a few podcasts about it. Yeah, and it seems like it came out really rough. Yeah, but the more time that they have <laughs> to sort of fix the kinks in the machine and like get things ironed out, mm-hmm. seems the better it's getting received. Yeah, I mean it's buggy as all hell yeah. from from what everybody's saying, but conceptually, it it looks like they nailed it. It's a really cool concept. Yeah. Yeah. So I've always wanted something like that. I mean, it, it's it's you know, it's it's funny that it took this long for them to actually come up with something like this. But mm-hmm. the 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 Friday the Thirteenth, it's just called Friday the Thirteenth, right? Yeah. And if you haven't heard about it, it's literally you are playing the the movies. You you take control. Now this is something that I don't like. That I heard that this is a concept in the game. It's it's like evolve. Where you go in with a group of people, and then someone is randomly Jason. Right. And everyone else is the camp counselors. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. And I didn't like it in Evolve. And it was the one thing that I that I, I think I harped on it enough when we when we were playing Evolve. I don't like that you just, everyone gets in the game. And yeah, and like if I go in with four friends and I'm like, we're going to be... The 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 the, the fighters or the uh, the counselors in in the Friday Thirteenth case, and then one of them is just like, oh shit, I'm Jason. Like that, I don't like that. Yeah, you should be able to choose. That's stupid. That it's like random. Yeah, it's not like not like a fucking party game where you just roll in the dice. What if you go in with five friends and you have a plan? Like, all right, this person is gonna be Jason, and we're gonna take turns mm-hmm. and stuff. Well, maybe there's there's definitely ways around that. Like, why wouldn't they have like a voting system? Maybe like right. the first person that picks Jason gets to be him, maybe. right? Or and then you like go that. from there. I don't know. And maybe you can't play Jason two times in a row or something like that. I mean, I guess that's that's the reason behind making it so that you can't choose. Is if like let's say I pick Jason. And then every round, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm just going to be Jason. Everyone's like, just be a counselor this round. Mm-hmm. No, nope, I'm going to be Jason. Yeah. I could see that that, but it's like, I don't like when developers put in things to prevent players from doing certain things. You see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, I, 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 I don't like these, these fail safes that they put into certain games to prevent, you know, players from just doing whatever they want to do. As far as like, um, like in Overwatch when they were when they were editing people basically when somebody would say like, you know, GG easy, mm-hmm. and then they would change it to something else. Like that's funny that they would change it to something else, but at the same time, it's like that is fucking censorship. Censorship. And I and I like, I don't I don't uh, I'm against it. I'm wholeheartedly against censorship for better or for worse. People should be able to say what they want to say. You, I think that you know there should obviously be consequences when you know it's something that's that's off the wall, offensive, mm-hmm. or, or or otherwise. But people should be able to say what they want, especially in a fucking video game. It's a fucking video game. Like you, you sign up to play this game. If 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 
you know, they're worried about like parental controls or like people who are too young. Yeah. That is that is not the responsibility of the developer to be censoring something like that. The parents should be on the parents should be on top of that shit. I shouldn't be penalized because I want to be a dickhead on this game. <laughs> like and some of it is like you coming know, from an expert shit talker. <laughs> right. it's, it's bullshit. So like that 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 bothers me. Well, okay, here's the thing. Just playing devil's advocate here. The fact that Overwatch has those sort of controls over it, in my opinion, makes a little sense because it's a teen-rated game. It's not like it's a mature game. You're not playing Call of Duty where you can call somebody an asshole and, you know. Oh, they call you far worse than an asshole. Yeah, I know. We're not going to go there. <laughs> um, but the fact T- that... Talk a, a little... Talk any kind of any kind of slang. Just talk any kind of slang. Just just go on there and, and just pretend that you're a person who who listened to rap music for a little bit and see what happens to you yeah. on a fucking Call of Duty game. Have you heard the N-word before? <laughs> you will. You're going to hear it a lot. <laughs> you sure will. <laughs> oh, boy. Probably from a 12-year-old. Um, but, yeah, no, my point is the, the fact that it is a, uh, a teen-rated game, maybe they have a little more leeway with that sort of censorship. I yeah. feel like maybe they should limit it to maybe, like, saying ass or something. Yeah. Um. But, you know, you're right in a certain sense where it's like, why are they censoring trolling, basically? Yeah. Like, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I could understand if it was, like, an actual curse word or something. Right. Where, or something sexually explicit, because then it's like, okay, I don't want to be, like, assaulted while I'm playing this game. Right, right. When I'm, like, a you know, a 13-year-old boy. Yeah. And that, um, that makes sense. But, at the same time, you know, it's a, it's something that you buy from a private company that doesn't owe you anything but the experience that they are offering that's true so it's up to them really at the end of the day yeah i just i think that i agree with you it is it it you know if, if you're, you're buying a product from somebody and then you know if you bought something from somebody off the street and then you go back to them later and you're like you know why'd you change it after i bought it and it's like because it's my fucking thing yeah like you can't like deal with it I, right. this is my thing i'm the artist so you you get what I created, and if you don't like what I created, then fucking stop playing it or stop mm-hmm. doing it, stop listening to mm-hmm. it. It's my thing. And that's something you're only really seeing now that games are uh, having patches and being able to be changed right. throughout time. You uh, back in the day, like it was literally like a piece of art. Yeah. Like you you drew something, you hung it up, you framed it. It's done. That that's it. it. Yeah. If you you see a something that needs to be changed or something that you know, need to be corrected or you want to update it for, you know, current days or whatever, mm. you couldn't do that. No. Like, that's just the way it is. It, it's captured in a moment. It's like a record. Yeah. You know, like, you you just keep it. But now that things are being able to be changed, you know, we saw this with the, uh, what was it, the Kanye album? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That the it last, was, his last album, right. Life of Pablo. That it was being updated throughout <laughs> time and people were uncomfortable with that. Yeah. And that makes sense because we're not used to that in that medium yeah. but we're used to that in video games so I'm interested to see if like because of the internet if we're we see that seep into movies we see that seep into TV shows right we kind of already did with Star Wars with the updated Star Wars it's like you can't find the original copies of right. Star Wars anymore true, true. it's been updated forever um, unless you find like the ones online or yeah. whatever the, the fan edits but it's just it, I'm curious to see how this unfolds with the internet allowing the artist to continuously like to never have that deadline yeah. to always be able to change it 
Yeah, I mean, it, it, it is very indicative of the generation that we're living in. The fact that, you know, we're trying to we're trying to innovate in ways that like you can no longer innovate in <clears throat> what you do, but you can certainly innovate in how you do it. Right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so this is a big way for, for, for people to decide, like, you know, this is this is something new. This is something different. You can't you can never like if a guy like Kanye West, for instance, if this is something that he is that that people start to if this is a trend that he's created in which somebody puts an album online and then they say, you know, it, it, it's 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 like like our generation with our short attention spans. Mm. You get an album, you listen to that album, and then you and then you're done with it. You listen to it, you give your opinion on it, and then you move on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. But if you can constantly change that thing and give people to give people something to talk about over and over and over again, every time they revisit it, every couple of weeks they revisit it, and there's something new, there's something changed, there's something different. Mm-hmm. Like that's that is innovative, but at the same time, it like it v- runs contrary to what we've always believed to be what art was it was a thing that was created and now you admire it you take it in you you explore it Mm -hmm. and and then you that's it so albums for me were always like i i the the concept of an album is oh is very important to me it's very Mm -hmm. special to me uh, an artist puts something out and that's why like uh, even in my itunes like or like on my ipod i can't like it's i don't like listening like i can't I know that there's albums on there that should be deleted and mm-hmm. I know like if you go through albums there's like skits and intros oh, yeah. that should be deleted and I could streamline it and have just my favorite songs on my iPod mm-hmm. but I can't do it. Yeah, no. I have to listen to the entire album. Mm-hmm. Albums are very important and for you know if, if this is a thing now where they're just going to be constantly changing them and morphing them and they're going to be constantly evolving things like I don't know that's that's it's an interesting concept I don't know how I feel about it one way or the other yeah. but it just, it gets messy in a way because it's like if you liked a specific version of something and then it's suddenly gone forever yeah it sucks well yeah. th- that's uh, and to go back to the Kanye album there are certain things that he's done on songs that I don't like that he changed mm-hmm. when he first put it out and he he goes back and he's like this is a better version of it but I like the originals of, of a lot right. of the things that he changed yeah well I mean it's the, the old cliche that it's those limitations that really make something great you know, knowing yeah. that you you have to end eventually. Money's gonna run out. Your time's gonna run out. Your film's gonna run out. Your tape's gonna run out. Right. Like those limitations really put you in this crucible that you have to focus. You have to really find it within yourself to come out with something by a certain time and put it out there. And right. that that it is what it is. And maybe maybe the limitations that were put on you before help train you to do something better later. Right. You know, or or explore something that you wanted to touch on, but you just didn't have enough time to. Yeah. Into the next project, as opposed to constantly, you know, whittling something right. until there's nothing left. Yeah, I mean, and that's exactly it. If you sit there and and you're carving away this piece of marble, trying to find that perfect perfect sculpture, and you just keep carving and carving and carving, you're not going to have anything by the end of it. Right. And you know, I just think that's that's something that's pretty important. Like, like you said, like, like if Nas, <clears throat> if you gave Nas, you know, 
infinite amount of time to make Illmatic. You think it would have had 10 songs? You think it would have been like the perfect rap album or it would have had like 17 tracks with a bunch of... I mean, once he got money and he got label backing, you saw what happened. Like he had albums that were like 17 songs long and Mm -hmm. he's like doing all these skits that aren't funny and stuff like that. Like... Yeah, she... (laughs) The the limitation, like you said, I mean, it, it, it definitely breeds that creativity where it's like, what can I do with the limited resources that I have? Right. So discomfort, in my opinion, is very important to art. Yeah. So if you're if you are too comfortable, you're not going to make something innovative, right. something interesting. Um, really, in my opinion, something good. Yeah. I haven't seen anything good come out of somebody that was completely comfortable with what they were doing and was just coasting. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's not good. <clears throat> um. To be honest, I have no idea how we got here from. The SNES class. <laughs> That's what happens on the One Beer Podcast. That's right. That's right. That's how we roll. Well, let's go ahead and cap this baby off. Um, this is the beer that we drink today, tonight. It's from the Swamphead Brewery. It is the Big Nose IPA, 7.3 ABV. It's from right here, uh, Florida. It's actually from Gainesville. Adam, what did you think, my friend? It's a, it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, that was a pretty good beer. Um I don't know, you get like I was saying before, you get some of that, that funk from mm-hmm. it. A little stinky. Uh-huh. Um But <coughs> I, I don't know. It's actually surprisingly easy to drink. Um like you were saying, not super high A B V. I feel like seven's kinda middle of the road for IPAs though. I don't think I don't think that's too crazy low. Right. Yeah, true. Um th- I think the uh high lie is pretty close to there too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I liked it. I liked it. I didn't love it. But if you see it, I, I would recommend picking it up. That being said, I'd probably give it a 3.5. Three, 3.5. Five. Three, five. Yeah. Hmm. So, I yeah, I liked it. I thought it was <laughs> it was above average. Um, David said something on either the last podcast or the podcast. Or it was a podcast before because we drank multiple beers on that podcast. Um, As and- we do. <laughs> and he was talking about how do you come up with a score as you drink it so that you just remember that and then so you don't have to worry about it later on. Right. And I was like, no, I don't fucking do that. I just, <laughs> I just wait. wait but I tried to do that this time. And so it kind of worked. So, you know, fuck you, David. Uh, <laughs> I want to give it a four. Okay. Same exact reasons that you gave. I think it's very solid. Mm-hmm. Um, not it wasn't too hoppy, but it's it's it, the hops are definitely there. You know, not not something that blew my socks off. Solid beer, mm-hmm. but I think it's a little bit better than a three point five. It, yeah. it was very drinkable. I think people, if you're into IPAs, if you see this and you're interested, I would definitely recommend buying, getting it just to just to taste it. It's pretty, yeah, it's good. It, you know, if it helps, I was I was <laughs> leaning probably. It's probably more of a three point seven five. If we want to get technical mm-hmm. in my book, but I didn't want to. I didn't want to cut the the number in that way again. <laughs> Like you are want to do. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been the One Baron Podcast for myself, Marco Dupa, for Adam Obesius Rodriguez. Yeah, buddy. For our friend, our confidant, our pal, our co-host, David, drunk person, God. guy, God, man, person, dude, Holy Spirit. Thank you guys for listening. Drink delicious beer. Always, always, always. And have a beautiful evening. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. <laughs>